Hey everybody and welcome to Growth Week. This is a week-long conversation aimed at helping you grow in every aspect of your life. My name is Justin Doro. I'm a certified John Maxwell leadership coach as well as the lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. So this week I'm chatting to Joel Austin on the necessity of preparing yourself for success. And uh, this is really going to be a good conversation for everybody who really wants to be successful out there. So Joel, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, good. Um, I noticed you said this is going to be a good conversation for everyone who wants success out there. But would that not be every one of us? I think God desires success for each and every one of us. And so, yeah, if you are listening to this podcast, you are going to succeed if you apply these things. So yesterday in our introduction, we said success is a direct result of preparation. No matter what you're working on or whatever you're trying to become, you are not going to accidentally become it or achieve it unless you prepare for it. And so we were talking yesterday about the importance of um, preparation. You know, I don't know if you've heard the story um I don't know who said it, but basically it's two guys chopping a tree, right? And so the one guy says, you know, um, the one guy chops the tree for six hours, but the other guy spends three hours sharpening his axe and then only cuts and cuts it down in one hour. And basically what that story speaks to is not only do you have to prepare for success, but you also have to know the task or what success is, right? Because if you're cutting, you, you need to know if you're cutting a tree, if you're trying to grind a rock down. And so maybe it seems like it may take longer in the beginning to step back and say, let me actually find out what I'm needing, needing to do, what success is, and to prepare for it. But in the end of the day, it saves you down the line. And so we were just speaking about this need to define what success was for you as an individual individual and how it's different to everyone and then we said now we have to start asking the question of how do you actually find it because we first spoke about the need and how when you find it are you going to achieve it and today we're going to touch on the first um, principle that we're going to introduce how do you find what success is for you as an individual if you're listening to us this week is a challenge to take a step back and first define success because if you haven't defined success you are not going to find it you're just going to be doing what everybody else is doing and that might not be success for you and if you want to find out more of what we're talking about you have to go back to our previous episode so yeah today we are jumping into the first principle of the four that we spoke of and we are talking about the desire for success and this in itself is very, very key because it's one thing to define your success, but it's another to actually desire it. So when we speak of desire, Joel, it is important for us to make it clear that we're not talking about wishful thinking here. We're not talking about just like, well, I desire something and you're wishing for something. You know, um, the old Scottish proverb says, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. Yes, no, definitely. Because here's the thing, like, we all have lots of desires, and some desires run deeper than others. And we, mm. we really, we, when we say desires, you know, we're thinking of the things that run deep into you. You know, they go be, they go beyond emotions and, and feelings and temporal preferences and passions, right? Because there needs to be something in you that almost, it almost needs to be an energy in you when you think about this desire, right? That's, these are the kind of level we're talking about. Things where, you know, you look at people that do great things and what they suffer to get there, right? That was a desire, deep desire. And these are the kind of level of desire, the deepness we're talking about here today. There's something more than just how you feel when you're going to achieve it. There's just something driving you that maybe you can't even quite explain. And that's actually good. When you yeah. can't quite explain why it's so important, you just know this is important to me. That's a deep-seated desire. And those are the desires that lead to achievement, right? Um, there's, there's a quote by a guy named Napoleon Hill, and he says, Desire is the starting point of all achievement. And here's the thing. Success is the fulfillment of desire. The greater the desire that you fulfill, the greater the level of success 
that you have reached or achieved at that point. So good. So the difference again is a wish is something that's uh, temporary. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. But the kind of desires we're talking about is a deep-seated desire, a a deep yearning, something that comes uh, from deep inside of you that cannot be shaken off. You know, no matter what happens, you hold on to that desire because it's burning, it it stimulates your mind, it motivates you to pursue whatever your definition of success. Yeah, so this this is an interesting thought um, because Maybe you don't know the, the story of David and Goliath. So let me give you some backdrop, right? So there's two armies fighting each other, right? The one of the Israelites, the other, some weird, really weird name. We're going to just call them the other side, right? <laughs> yeah. So they're fighting, right? And I don't know if you've watched the movie Troy or the Battle of Troy, right? Yeah. And there's the scene in the beginning, right, where there's two armies fighting and the biggest guy on the other side comes out and he challenges the best warrior. And so I think maybe it probably did happen in all this because this is yeah. the story, yeah. So the other side, this um, army that was fighting the Israelites, they had a really big guy, I think about three meters taller, according to the Bible, right? So he was big. Yeah. And he came out and every day he would challenge their best warrior to a fight. And basically it was, if you beat me, my side surrenders. And if we beat you, your side surrenders, right? So just two people have to die. One person actually has to die yeah. that day. Right? But now the Israelites, no one wanted to fight this man because he was big and he was scary. And he was, not only was that, he had a history of winning, right? So he, he had this history of being the best warrior. And so this little shepherd boy, right? He comes to the battle to bring his... Um, his brothers some food and some supplies. And when he gets there, he hears these men talking, right? Because the, the Israelite army, they've all been talking about how the king's going to give a reward for the person that kills. And, and it says, let me make sure I get this right. It says he's going to give this person great wealth. Mm-hmm. He's going to give this person his daughter's hand in marriage, which in those days is a big thing because now you're in the royal family. Yeah. And he's going to give his family a tax exemption, right? Now, if you're in South Africa, a tax exemption is a good <laughs> reward. And so he hears this and David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this uh, Philistine, so this giant that's coming out and challenging them, and removes this grace from Israel? And they repeated to him what they had been saying. So, so David had heard this and yeah. it was almost like he couldn't believe what he was hearing. So he had to ask to make sure this was the reward that he was going to get. And so they told him. And then David's brother comes along to the story and he hears David asking his men. And so he gets angry at him and says, why are you here? What are you doing? Go away. And so David eventually says, you know what? What have I done wrong? And then he turns away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. And so this story has desire written all over it. He didn't ask once. In fact, you can find three times where he actually heard it. And that's, that's only you can find because he heard it. He then asked and he heard it. He then went and brought up the same matter again and heard it again. So if you look at it, you can already identify four desires, deep desires that David probably wanted. What I like about this uh, story and how you just connected David's desire to his motivation to go out is if you think of it, David was actually given a prophetic word prior to meeting Goliath. Before the challenge was there, a prophet Samuel had come to him and prophesied that you were going to be a king and you were going to enter into the royal, you know, you know, the royal palace, royal family, all kind of things. So there was already something that was stirred inside of him and he was already beginning to desire greatness. He was already beginning to desire to be successful and to be a king because that's what the, the, the prophet had prophesied over him. So when he saw Goliath, the desire for him to lead, the desire for him to be in the palace, the desire to be tax exempted, to be to have a wife, and 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 when everybody was looking at the problem, 
the desire for greatness inside of him motivated yeah. him to avail himself and volunteer for, for success. I think it's a great thing you touched on is desire drives you through hard things or to do hard things, right? It's, it's a, this is another quote from Napoleon Hill because mm. he t- wrote a lot on the subject. And basically, it says, if your de- desire is deep enough, you will possess the, the superhuman ability to achieve. Right? And I, I think about someone like maybe Paul in the Bible, right? All he went through. And if you look at it, he was able to go through all that because he had a deep burning desire to take the gospel to the Gentiles. So good. And I, I almost want to be brave enough to say, perhaps if we find the true deepest desires in us, we should to some level be able to go through those same things for them, that they should be able to drive us through those um, dark and difficult things in order to achieve them. So good. So not only does desire drive you, desire will also cause you to see and to seize opportunities for success. Because when David saw that, everybody was seeing a giant, everybody was seeing a problem. But David, because he desires something, he looks at the exact same situation and he sees an opportunity for him to succeed, an opportunity for him to become the person that he wants to be. And also, if you want to add, the kind of desire we're talking about gives you the ability to look for solutions instead of focusing on the problem. I think desires open the mind. They open it to all the possibilities, not just the immediate possibilities that are pushed on you. And so it allows you to see beyond essentially a veil that normally covers people's eyes. And so it's almost like you're walking around laughing. People are like, how are you doing all this? How did you do that? Because when we looked at it, we couldn't see a way. It's not that you're smart. It's not that you're better than them. It's simply that you had a deep desire and it allowed you to see beyond the immediate obstacles. That's what desire does. And that's why finding the right desires are so important because they will allow you to do that. But now we've spoken a lot about this theory of desire, but I, I want to just ask, just, just to get a bit personal, what are some maybe desires from your own life that have driven you to go beyond what maybe immediate other people would have seen as obstacles or a veil covering from achieving? Yeah. So one of the things that I really know that uh, has motivated me and helped me to keep going is a desire to see people's lives changed. Mm-hmm. I think when I said yes to the Lord in, in, in terms of coming into ministry, I had a real desire to see people's lives change. And one of the things that keeps me up at night and, you know, on my knees praying and motivates me to face every week, every new week is life change. So I have a deep desire to see people move from wherever they are to become a little bit better than they they used to be. That desire to see somebody's uh, life changed motivates me and keeps me going. Mm. Yes, and I can definitely testify having you help me in so many areas of life. I remember one story in particular where um, it was, I was still new. I, I just met you and I was still new to church and I was still finding my way with God. And there was someone that was very close to you that I ended up in the process of finding myself hurting really badly. Mm. And one of the things I couldn't understand is how you would still seem to want the best for me and to help me. And you were still there. And I couldn't get it because I think you had every reason to be angry at me. I'd hurt someone really close to you. And yet I never saw, and I'm not saying you weren't angry, but I never saw that. I just saw you trying to help me. And now maybe that makes sense. It was that desire that allowed you to, where most people would, and not, and rightfully so in a sense, be angry at me for what I had done. I didn't get that from you. I just got someone wanting to help me. And that was coming from your desire to do that. It's always interesting when I hear these stories because for me personally, I will just do anything. I, I will do it three times, four times, and I'll do it again and again because I really believe that people can become better. And that desire of seeing people getting better always motivates me to go the extra mile. Yeah, and, and that's amazing. So that's that's a deep desire for you, but that's not necessarily a desire for everyone. You know, people have different desires and the level of deepness for different people is going to be different. So we have to ask the question is, 
how are you going to find that desire for you? Because here's the thing. We, we said you have to find what a successful life is for you. And now we're saying you're going to find that by pursuing your deepest desires, right? So yeah. a successful life is driven out of your deepest desires. Because there's no point in being successful. You aren't successful if you haven't fulfilled your deepest desires, right? If you have a desire to be a lawyer and you become a doctor, you might help a lot of people being a doctor and everyone will look at your life and say how great. But for you, that's not a successful life. You yeah. were meant to be a lawyer. And obviously vice versa, it doesn't really matter. It's anything that you do, even if it's good, if it's not what you're meant to do, it's not bad, but it wasn't a successful life for you because your desire wasn't for the deep desires in you. But how does one come about finding their deeper desires? Every time I talk of desire, there are two scriptures. Well, there are three scriptures that come to <laughs> mind. I love these scriptures. And the first one is Psalm 20 and verse 4. The Bible says, may God give you the desires of your heart and make you all your desires or all your plans successful. So we're talking about success here. And the scripture can be interpreted two ways. And I just want to quickly just look at the first one. And uh, then we'll look at the, 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 the second one a little bit later. But the first interpretation carries this idea that God himself places mm. his divine or godly desires inside of us. So in each and every one of us, there is a God-given desire. There's some good things that God has just, you know, kind of just worked it inside of you. There are times where God actually places a desire in you and it has to be a, a good desire, you know. If you have a good desire, it obviously came from God. Mm. God will not give you a bad desire. Let's let's face it. God is good and he's not going to put a bad desire in, into your heart and say, well, if, if God gave me this desire, it's, it's from him. No, it's not from him because good desires come from God. Bad desires come from somewhere else. Yeah, it's, it's that all good things come from the Father above, right? So he's yeah. given you good desires to pursue, right? And here's the thing. Um, you do have, there are bad desires that you, there are things you can desire in the wrong way, but here's the thing, your, your good desires or your, your God's put desires are always going to run deeper. Yeah. So if you really want the most successful life, you have to follow the deepest desires and those are going to be good desires every time. Yeah, so good. So you can desire chocolate, but that's not a deep-seated desire. You know, it's like it's 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 here today, tomorrow it's gone. But a godly desire, something that God has placed inside of your heart, is going to stay even after you've gone through a whole lot of things. Which brings me to the second one. I love this because I think it's in line with what we're talking about, uh, these deep-seated desires. The second interpretation comes with this idea that God grants you the desires mm -hmm. of your heart, which means God wants you to desire stuff. One, he has allowed you to have some good desires inside of you, but there are some things that must be burning in your heart. And when they are really burning deep inside you, God desires those things to come to pass in your life. I love what you're saying that God wants to give us desires. Yeah, I, I don't know if maybe we, we don't think it or we miss it, but God desires things too, just like that. So right? you yeah. think about it, we all st the, the creation story is one of desire. God's desire to create us in his image, to expand and give other beings the joy of his love. Right? He wanted so to share all the goodness he had with others. And that's why we start. That it's a starting place was a desire. So no wonder a starting place is always a desire because mm. God started everything from a desire to share and to expand. Psalm 30, 37 verse 4 says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So the, the idea, I know we often look at the first condition like, oh, you need to be, you know, walking right with God. But the, the main point from the scripture is that God wants to give us the desires of our hearts. So if you have a deep seated desire that's burning, that is God given, that is good. God wants that desire to be fulfilled because he knows the importance of desire.
There's actually another psalm, but I don't know the exact psalm. But basically, summing up, it says, you know, God's hand satisfies the desire of every living thing. Something like that. Yeah. And so there's this deep um, element, if you read the Bible, of God wanting to give desires. And I, I think it's, it's something that moves him. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's something that, that causes him to like stir in his spirit when he sees um, us pursuing things with this desire and, and this willingness to go beyond the norm to try to achieve something. Yeah. Um, it's just something godly about it that he placed in us. I think it's a, a good reflection of a part of who he is, right? Think about it. He, how The story of how he brought about redemption through his son, he had to desire us to go through all that and to put all that on so the good. line. Um, and so it's almost like it's, it's a reflection of, of him when we do that. Yeah. I like that, Joel, because there's this thought. Uh, it's, a, it's a scripture that, you know, theologically people have debated with it, where God is jealous for us. That's a Jealousy mm. is a deep desire. So there is this burning passion in God where he really delights or he desires us so much that he becomes jealous for us. He's not jealous of us, but for us. He, he really wants us that bad. You know, when we think of desire, one of the things that comes to my mind is like, how bad do you want mm. this? You're talking about desiring success. How bad do you want success? Because you're not going to succeed if this is like a loose desire. Like, oh yeah, whether I make it or not, it doesn't matter. It has to be a deep burning desire. Let's talk about the importance of focusing our desires right now. Because it's one thing to discover what is a good desire. But here's the thing. Most of us have got many desires. Like the story of David that we just looked at. You already highlighted like four key desires. So it's okay to have many desires, but we need to focus on one desire at a time. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So yeah, actually a thought I have around that is, so that we have all these different desires of different levels, and there's one that's deeper than all of them, right? And as a believer, I call it the God-given desire, right? For you, it's probably transformation, seeing people's lives change. And what I, I believe the way it works and it's a beautiful thing is when you focus on just achieving that one God-given desires out of that God blesses you by fulfilling the other desires without you trying it's almost like they happen without you focusing on them Mm. as long as you keep focused on the God-given desires like a byproduct of that is having other desires of different levels being um, fulfilled in the process of that and that's a beautiful thing but you still have to find that God-given desire right and I have a method that I'm trying in order to help me find what I really really desire Mm. Simply put, the thing I'm willing to suffer for the most is the thing that I desire the most. And that makes kind of sense if you think about it, because I'm willing to give up the most for it. It must be of the most importance to me. With Why? I might not know. But if I'm willing to give up other things for it, it's obviously more important. If I'm willing to give up things of comfort and, and all that for it, it must be important. And the more I'm willing to give, the more important it must be to me. I love what you just said there because it it brings me right back to Christ because Christ was willing to lay down his life. We call it the passion, the passion of Christ, Mm. willing to sacrifice his life because he desired our redemption. He desired to see us saved and reconciled to the Father. And, And the level of one's sacrifice determines the depth of desire. So, wow, that's that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I think that that can often trip us up. We might not realize how deep a desire is because we believe as Christians there's there's forces working against us mm-hmm. from achieving. And I think they almost try to shroud or cover up how important certain desires are when you come across them. And so you know, desire carries this idea of a flame, right? yeah. and we all know flames grow according to the fuel that they're given. Mm-hmm. And so there's almost this aspect that there's desires you have that maybe don't feel so strong now, but if you give them the the, the right fuel, you might find they grow into a big bonfire that you'll burn your life 
on. But that brings the question is, well, how would you build the flame of your desire to see if it really is something deeper in you? Before we go there, I, I did say I've got um, three scriptures that I love around desire. And this is one that would also just emphasize a point we just made previously, which is Psalm 27 and verse 4. It says, one thing I have desired that I will ask, or one thing I've desired, some versions say, that I will seek that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So that was a deep desire in David. He had a, a whole lot of desires, but in this particular season of his life, he desired to be in the temple, in the house of the Lord. And he's like, if anything, this is a one thing that I am asking. So the importance of focusing on one desire, it, be, it means that it channels your prayers. It channels the questions that you ask. So asking here can be two way. Number one, you're asking from God, God, I want this, or you're praying about it. So your prayers become so focused based on a one desire, main desire in that season. Or the kind of questions that you ask in a particular season will be sharpened or harnessed by the thing that you desire. So uh, for, for argument's sake, uh, a season in my life came when I wanted to pursue fitness and I came to you and I'm asking questions. What are we doing? How do we do this? And, and the desire for fitness caused me to ask the right questions from you because for some reason people seem to think ah, I have this fitness thing down but anyway so some people came to me and asked me to help <laughs> don't, don't you have it down I think I'm pretty good <laughs> alright okay. yeah, yeah that's why so, so <laughs> people think maybe, uh, maybe maybe some people think it's because I'm just disciplined I don't see myself and I'm going to explain why as a disciplined person in terms of going to gym yeah why so these people came to me and they wanted me to help them with discipline to, to get right in fitness and this is what I basically said to them I said it's not about discipline you need to find a strong enough why to do it every day and for me I had one so for me when I started gymming I was a very skinny, scrawny kid. I was picked on a bit at school. Not bullied, but I was picked on a bit. And yeah. I hated it. I hated I was not comfortable with my body. I hated the way I felt in my body and I looked. And so that was a huge wow for me. And it drove yeah. me to gym. I would gym rain, storm, you <laughs> named it. I was there because I had this, it was my burning desire to get out of how I felt in my own skin. And so I told them, you have to find, now it might be different for you, but you have to find a strong enough reason, a strong enough why. A why is just a desire, basically. Yeah. Very strong desire to do something, even when you don't want to, or the odds are against you. So good. All right, now let's let's move into this flame uh, that you're talking mm. about and how we can cultivate it. And um, yeah, what, what would you say is the first step to cultivating this uh, burning desire? Yeah. So the first step, and, and this is probably the easiest and the one you should start with because it's the easiest, is imitation, right? Mm. Find people who have what you, so say for I'm desiring gym. Yeah. I find personal trainers. I find the I find the biggest guy in the gym, and I just ask him, "Can I come work out with you just for a day?" Yeah, and I get to see kind of I get to see the other side of of, of pursuing a desire without yeah. actually having to go through all the years and the work of doing it. So I get a taste of it, and that taste can allow me to know if it's something that it'll grow the flame or it won't. Yeah. So I'm either going to know this is something I want to look at more or not. And so, you know, even just I remember when I started getting into fitness. Motivational videos, I would watch fitness channels. Mm. I was just seeing people that were in it. And so I started imitating what they were doing. And it started, for me, it started to grow a flame even bigger. Whereas now, I don't gym because I'm uncomfortable with my body. I gym because I enjoy the process. I enjoy what it does for me. I enjoy feeling the energy I have from doing it. But that started from imitation. So good. So imitation is important. And like you said, it's the easiest way to start. You can, well, I'm still trying to find desire if you really want to cultivate a desire, whatever it is that you're desiring, imitate somebody 
it's either going to fuel that desire or it's going to uh, snuff it out. And then the second thing is self-reflection. We like this because it's one thing to imitate a person. Like when 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 I joined you coming to the gym story, when I joined, it's like, yeah, I want to learn. I, I have my strong why and I'm imitating you. What you're doing, I'm doing. I might not be able to do the exact same weight, but I'm imitating what you're doing because I've seen fruit in your life. But then in the in the process of time, you start asking yourself deep questions. Why are we doing this? Why am I doing this? Mm. What if I do this? I, I would love to do this. And so there are some things that I enjoy doing that you might not necessarily enjoy enjoy doing in the gym but because of where i am you know uh, my, my body still needs to be worked on uh, in certain areas so there are certain things that i will want to do that you might necessarily not want to do because you're not there i can think of one example in particular which is <laughs> uh, i see see because I'm, I'm 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 quite a naturally thin person my family has as a gift of fast metabolism is i'm not a big fan of cardio especially running and <laughs> one thing we now do is every second week we are running and we're yeah. doing a lot of cardio and that's because yeah and, and that's a part of the process right um you knew you wanted to do a little more cardio and you know what i've actually found i'm actually enjoy it i still wouldn't do it like <laughs> more but i'm finding i'm also enjoying it yeah so good so self-reflection is important and what we said about um imitation we said it's the easiest and we said self-reflection is the noblest mm -hmm. way because you get to know yourself and when you know yourself you are learning from within not from outside you know when i'm imitating i'm looking outside when i'm ref self-reflecting i'm looking inside and then allowing what's inside to fuel that fire yeah so you start with imitation and then when you start to self-reflect actually outgrow the person you're imitating in a healthy way yeah so you start you go from just doing what they were doing which was helpful to you to doing what's what they were doing plus maybe something different that's more helpful for you so it almost increases the the fruit in your life because now you're not just doing what's because what they're doing is primed to to give them the best results yeah. and will get you the results yeah. but when you start to change that to do to prime it and to kind of specify it so it's best for you you start getting the best fruit from that and so it should become the next logical step after you found people to imitate in a certain desire so good which brings us to the third one which is fill your environment with desire boosters what do you think about that like you know if you want to get get if, if you have a desire to gym put a post of the the best looking you know all of it <laughs> you know, person. <laughs> just create you know there's the saying that 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 motivation doesn't last right yeah so motivation is kind of like like daily bread well you eat bread every day and so you must eat motivation every day yes it's not the wow, thing that that gets good. you going every time but you need to have a daily intake of it you just need to surround yourself and make the environment conducive what you want to do for that desire because that's going to allow it's like it's like having a flame and then putting it under a, a plastic container and mm. be like well let's see how well it grows it's not going to grow very well doesn't mean the flame isn't meant to grow very well it could have the most wood in the world but it's not going to grow because it has no oxygen yeah and so making sure your environment's full of um, desire boosters is like giving the flame extra oxygen it's like when you fan the flame and then suddenly it gets bigger yeah, so good. So find things that motivate you, things that will encourage you to pursue your desire. It could be music, you know, we could be practical about this, but find whatever works for you. Yesterday, I think you said you were, uh, uh, what did you call it? Uh, something junky? Was it a motivational video junky or something like that? Or yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, so it's like when you're getting out there and you're wanting to be successful and you're desiring success, oh, you yeah. kind of filled all these things and just consumed them. Mm. And that's that's what it is. You have to have an environment that is filled yeah. with 
uh, desire boosters. The thing is, the start is always the hardest. Yeah. And it's where you might get tripped up. Once you get past the start, it's almost like the, the pendulum, right? It takes the most energy to get to the top. And then once you're over the top, it just kind of flows. That's what happens with these desires is you have to just give them the proper resources and time to make sure you actually know if it's one that's meant to grow or not. And then once it starts growing and gets past that pendulum point, it kind of just takes care of itself. I don't watch nearly as much. I barely, I can't remember the last time I watched a motivational video. Mm. Not because they're not great, but because I've gotten to that point where I'm past the pendulum point where it's yeah. actually difficult. So good. Well, the fourth and the final one is burning the ship. And I love this story. Uh, before we go to the actual metaphor of what the story is, but I think I've seen this in you. When you started, and this is like years back, when you started the gym and thing, and you decided that you are not going to be uh, taking sugar in, you're like, you're not taking any <laughs> sweet stuff. And to this very day, you just kind of, you've just cut out sugar from your mm. life. And that was like burning the ship. It was like, I'm, I'm never going to do this again. And you did it so well. So let's talk about that. What, yep. what gets a person to a place of saying, I'm, I'm going to burn the so, ship? So, 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 I think that the most accurate definition is simply, I, I really didn't believe that I could get what I wanted if I continued eating sugar. Right? So I, 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 that came from, from consuming different motivation, or not motivation, um, fitness people and what they said. And yeah. someone just said the right thing. And in me, I, I, I literally, I, I, I'm like, if I eat sugar, I can't do it. Like, I won't get there if I eat sugar. Sure. And so as much as I love sugar, I was like, I love this more. It's a greater desire. I'm going to sacrifice. And so that's actually, yeah, I had a greater desire for what I wanted than to eat sugar. And then obviously now it's, it's a case of, well, I could probably have a little bit of sugar, but yeah. I have no desire for it. The, yeah. the desire is completely gone. That flame is completely snuffed out because sure. I just haven't, I haven't given it any fuel for such a long time. And there's no point in starting it. Wow. So, guys, if you're serious about success, you're going to have to get to a point where you burn some ships. You know, mm -hmm. the, the whole story comes from, I don't know, what... what? I don't. I think it's a real life story, but I don't know. I don't know the exact story. Basically, what the story is: there's this guy. He's going to war, right? So they're traveling over the sea to go fight this guy. And so they get to the shore. He gets all his men off, and he tells his men, "Burn the ships." So the men <laughs> burn all the ships, and then he basically says to his men, "All right." So the, the the enemy's there. There's no way to retreat. There's no ships. The only way to to get back to our homeland is to defeat the enemy and get resources. So either we we fight and we win, or we die. Wow. And that and. I think the story goes, they won that day. <laughs> that's right. And and that's so true, eh? Um, like, you are a, a testimony of that in that particular area of your life where you're like, hey, if I really want this, I'm going to burn the ship. It's no turning back. And this is what I, I, I either make it or I'm not going to make it at all. So, yeah. yeah. I think we should just highlight the reason we've put this one last out of the, the three or the four that we've listed, yeah, yeah. is because it's something that you, you don't do it right away, right? Yeah. You, you don't do it. When I gave up sugar, I'd already been in the fitness thing a, a while already. So, I already knew, like, this is what I wanted. This is something that just can't, I can't have to get there. Yeah. So, I had to cut it off. And so, when you, when you get to that point where you're like, this is a desire, I've, I've imitated, I've self reflected, I've filled my environment with things. Now I'm ready to go in or all in, then yeah. you have to cut off exit points. I think it's, it's, it's Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. He was a, a seven-time bodybuilder that says, you know, he was, he was speaking and he says, you know, he never had a plan B. He mm -hmm. only had plan A. There was never a plan B for him because as soon as you have a plan B, you focus less on plan A. Sure, that's good. So if you want to be successful, in order to achieve your success, you need to have a deep burning desire. That's what we've been talking about. And you need to go through the process until your, your desire starts burning mm -hmm. so big <laughs> so bright and big <laughs> so bright and big so that you can eventually burn yeah. the ships yeah that's the thing uh, we're using this metaphor of a fire right and basically we said there should be one 
deep-seated desire to pursue your love. And so basically, this fire needs to be big enough to sustain you for your entire life. Wow. Well, Joel, this has been a very good conversation. And um, I know you still have a whole lot more to, to share. And in the next couple of days, we're going to be unpacking the following three principles. But any final thoughts around this idea of desire? If, if you were to encourage somebody mm-hmm. about this whole concept of cultivating a burning desire or desiring success, what will it be? I think my final word of advice would be don't be afraid to find out your desires. I think sometimes we can get a little uh, shy or, or scared because when we find that deep desire, we know we can't turn back. Here's the thing. So when you find it, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot for it. And everyone knows deep down, I think, that when you really want to do something that's worthwhile, it's going to create sacrifice. And so there's almost this scaredness like, if I find it, now I have to sacrifice for it. You see, if I never discover it, I don't know what I'm missing because I never found it. But if I find it, then I have to make the choice of either living my life knowing that there's something more for me, but I'm not going after it, mm. or I have to sacrifice for it. And so maybe the easier option is let me just never find it. My advice is when you find it, the ability to sacrifice for it is going to come because it's going to be that deep in you. It's going to be your body's just going to, everything in your body, your cells are going to push to it. And so don't be afraid of finding it. You're going to regret at the end of the day just as much if you'd never found it as if you found it and um, decided to walk away from it, both are going to lead you to regret. So rather find it and you have a chance of actually achieving it. You know, I, while you were saying this, I wanted to ask you this question and I, I'm, I was debating whether I should ask you at the end of the, the episode or must I reserve it for tomorrow. But just in case I forget, I'm going to ask now, you know, when did you start desiring success and how has this desire motivated you thus far? Sure, that, that, that's a hard one. You know, it almost feels like I was born with it, but I know I wasn't. Mm. Um, but I think, it, once again, it, it went to my younger years, around about the same time I started gymming and things, is that, you know, it was almost it was weird because I was in the, you could almost say I was in the cool group at school, mm-hmm. but I wasn't in the cool group. You see, I was in it, but I wasn't in it. I was like the guy that was always picked on in the cool group. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there was mm-hmm. this thing in me that always maybe felt like I was the odd one out. I was a little, um, I didn't really fit in and I, I was almost... Um, not as good as the rest. And so I think that sparked something in me that's saying, hang on, hang on a minute. Okay, I don't need to fit in. But if I'm not going to fit in, at least i got to be something special. That's so good. Is this one desire that started intentionally, I want to be something special, is it the same fire that fuels all your other desires or motivates you for? I think it's, it's, it's there underlining everything. It's this desire to, to not be ordinary. It's almost like there's this deep, I, don't, I want to say fear of being just ordinary of, of the midi of mediocrity it's like that is not my portion because here's the thing if i don't need to fit in but i at least not need to be something special if i'm not fitting in so good god created you to be special he wants you to stand out and uh, that's a message for anybody who's listening to us uh, today god wants you to stand out he wants you not just to bland but to stand out but you're gonna have to desire it um unless you desire it it's not going to happen well joel thank you very much for your time today i really appreciate your availing yourself to chat with us and i can't wait to jump into the second principle tomorrow to all our podcast listeners if you have enjoyed this make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss any of our growth content and share it with a friend Uh, post it on your social media platform and encourage somebody to listen because you never know what a simple encouragement could do to somebody's life so until tomorrow let's keep growing